Hi, this is Steve Roost, and you're listening to Health Tech Hour on UK Health Radio. Each week, we give you the best news, views, and interviews from the health technology world. From CEOs and founders to entrepreneurs and clinicians, the companies and people that are shaping the future face of healthcare. All on the world's number one talk health radio. Hello and welcome to Health Tech Hour on UK Health Radio, the world's number one talk health radio. My name is Steve Roost and each week we bring you the best news, views and interviews with the CEOs and founders and clinicians who are leading the health tech revolution in the UK and beyond. I am deeply embedded in the health tech space. I'm a founder and CEO of HopTok, which enables anyone with a smartphone to give themselves a blood test. And beyond that, I'm passionate about the people and companies who are changing the world. As always, follow us on Instagram and on Twitter. It's at Health Tech Hour. Also follow the station on the same platforms. And you can also watch the videos of all of our shows of all of the previous Health Tech Hours on our YouTube channel, which is Health Tech Hour on YouTube. So you can actually see what I look like and what the guests look like and what our wonderful sound engineer, Johan, looks like. Um, So last week, we had a great show with Rachel Crook from Lifted. It was fantastic, super inspiring. Um, And no doubt we'll return to the area of social care, the social care crisis and how technology is helping to alleviate some of the problems there. No doubt we'll return to that uh, in due course. Today, though, we're dealing with another area which is in crisis and another entrepreneur and a a company that's changing the world in this space. But this time it's the the world of dermatology that we're going to get into, particularly melanoma. So listeners may or may not know that there's a huge lack of dermatologists in the UK. The situation has obviously been made worse by our, our ever-present friend, COVID. But why, why does this sort of matter that there's, there's a shortage of dermatologists? Well, 24% of the UK population visits a GP each year to discuss a suspect spot or lesion on their skin. I know I've done that. I'm sure many listeners have also done that. Um, beyond that, though, a million people, more than a million people, have referred from, by their GP to a dermatologist which obviously creates a hugely long waiting list. Now, it's those waiting lists that are, that, that are all over the media at the moment across all different types of areas. But those waiting lists are getting longer and longer and longer. And the fact that there are fewer and fewer dermatologists is just exacerbating the issue. But why does that matter? Well, 98% of the people that are on those waiting lists to see dermatologists don't need to be on there because their skin lesion or their skin spot isn't cancerous. But for the 2% that, that where it is cancerous, it is a melanoma, the current waiting list is creating a dangerous delay for them. Now, Mole Test, which is the company where my guest Joe Ferreira is the marketing director and founder, has launched the UK's first iPad-based device to rule out melanoma and help clear the 98% of people referred to dermatologists unnecessarily so that the 2% with melanoma can get seen more quickly. Uh, the use of AI and machine learning to to diagnose skin problems or rule out skin problems is something that even Google have become involved in in recent times. And it's a hot area for all healthcare systems and organizations. So I think today's show is going to be extremely interesting. I know personally, I'm very interested in this space. So, Joe, welcome to the show. How are you? Good, thank you. Good. So um, what's the current mood in the camp like at Mold Test? How, how are things, you know, in general? I know it's a bit of a topsy-turvy time for everybody. Um, particularly over the last kind of few weeks where we thought we were maybe out of it and now we're maybe not really that out of it. But what's the kind of 
what's the the mood in the camp like uh it's um one of optimism obviously um and um expectation because uh we we've uh, been developing this technology for uh for, for for many years now and um it it really is quite ready to go to market but we need to finish our uh, clinical evidence gathering uh and to that to, to that end um we are extending our our final clinical trial which is basically to prove sensitivity uh to two more hospitals uh namely in Portsmouth uh and in Edinburgh uh and that hopefully that will cut down the time it will it will take us to finish uh, by two thirds um and then we um we uh we need to move aggressively as as aggressively as we can within the confines of the NHS in, into market adoption and and access um so very excited um a lot of expectation uh, also an awful lot of spend ahead because mm. trials are unfortunately not free <laughs> if i may um, and um so yeah also we'd we'd like to to establish we've already got one going some um, some beta testing in real life uh, clinical test uh, settings um so any any help that we can get or any contacts that we can make in that so direction mean, will be welcome so if anyone listening we can i know we're kind of jumping a little bit ahead mm-hmm. but seeing as you mention it if anyone listening wants to become part of your beta testing group for for this for this for for I, your product's called nomella is that correct do right. they where do they go to, to where would they go to to, to sign up they I, they could come and contact health tech hour which is at health tech hour on instagram or, or or twitter but could they come also to your website potentially yes absolutely they can go to to, to um to my website my, my my personal email is joe.ferreira at moldtest-scotland.com so they can come direct to me but you can go through the website no, no problem okay. at all um good okay well look before we get into the show what are some because we i know that we went through this in quite some detail on our pre-show production call which yeah. was which was great but just for everybody listening what are some of the basic issues that listeners should generally understand about the state of dermatology services in the uk and and how um and what what the stresses are in the system so before we get into all of the amazing stuff that you're doing with your mm-hmm. nomella system i feel like we should sort of set the agenda a little bit just so everyone listening is on the on the same page so the stuff that you took you took me through on our pre-show production call yeah okay um yeah i think you you've described pretty much the situation you've got uh in excess of a million people being referred with concern about lesion um the referral lists are extremely overwhelmed uh, as you mentioned as well um, be- because because of that uh, there's waiting lists and uh, dermatologists which are of which there is a shortage are struggling to meet the two the two week um directive government directive to see the most acute cases so the, the, there is urgent need to alleviate that that pathway again as you mentioned so that the the, the, the cases that need treatment um a proper treatment uh, g- legitimate treatment are seen to earlier uh, and 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 that masses of, of people that are, are stressed, they're worried they're going to maybe uh, have cancer, skin cancer, uh, which affects their work life, their family life, and other social costs involved, which are very difficult to quantify, but they exist. They're very real. So something needs to be done. What what is being done? The, 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 there are moves within the the NHS to 
to optimize that 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 pathway, the referral pathway. But these are operational solutions, you know, of of of, of um, better use of time, better use of of, of human resources within within uh, within the NHS itself, i.e., nurses and so on and so forth. But they are not talking about. Well, they, they are. I'll come to that in a second. But there's not as much focus on on technology that can be deployed to assist that process. Uh, there are other um, um, devices, technologies that can be considered to be in our space uh, and can be seen to be as competitors, uh, but they tend to be diagnostic. In other words, when a doctor is seriously concerned about a, a lesion. Uh, this, these technologies will attempt to diagnose uh, a, a melanoma. Um, we don't do that. All we would do is we split the pathway into, and, and, and safely so, into two, two, two halves, broadly two halves, no evidence of melanoma, and these people can be on a soft journey. I keep an eye on it, but go home, it's fine, it, it, it's not cancerous. So there's immediate uh, reassurance, and the other the other half carry on uh, normally through the pathway uh, and get seen to. But but now we have a pathway that's not as congested, um, so the, the two week referrals can be dealt with much easier, and so on and so forth. Um, so it really uh, because it's a rule out rather than a diagnostic uh, medical device. It's there to optimize. To, 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 to bring more efficiency into um, the referral pathway rather than help doctors identify a specific um, uh, clinical condition. That's the general... Uh, Good. The general well, look, I, and so just to jump into a couple of things on there, just again, so I want to make sure that everyone, when we talk about some of these larger issues, we like we did with social care, and I think dermatology or dermatology services is another one where... There's a lot in the media. There's a lot of stories around the waiting list and things like that. And I want to make sure that we're very clear with everybody about. So when you say if someone goes to their GP with with a with a skin lesion, a skin problem, that what what should be happening and what is actually currently happening and what's the kind of downstream impact of this? Because I know that you mentioned, for example, this two week turnaround that those targets might be being missed. You know, there's 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 issues around why a GP might refer somebody on versus not. You know, all those type of things. So, what what is what 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 is happening on, yeah. on the ground? I, I think you know, if you start from from the beginning of the pathway, uh, in a simplistic way, that the patient turns out up at the GP practice, he's concerned about about a lesion. The the the, the, the clinician, the, the GP, will exercise a degree of decision making there because if it's a wart or if it's psoriasis or something that is easily recognizable and, and commonplace then it can be uh, treated accordingly and that's fine the ones that they're not sure about they are increasingly simply referring because a they're very risk averse and you have all sorts of elements here you're talking about the, the danger of lit, lit, litigation getting things wrong sending people home when they could could, could have cancer and so on and so forth so literally, unless they recognize the condition, it's all going upstream into, into secondary care. Right. Sorry, go on. Carry so on. That, that, that's, that, that's the scenario. So that, that's how this, um, this uh, situation is, 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 has been created. As you mentioned before, 
Our friend COVID is not helping, but the fundamentals are that more people, I think the, the, the growth rate worldwide is something around 7%, are, are going to their doctors. And I think this is all a hangover from the 60s in the explosion in, 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 uh, in um, holidays in the sun, et cetera, et cetera, mm-hmm. and the availability of cheap flights and so on. Um, so the, this situation is growing, the referrals are increasing, and the dermatology uh, um, scarcity is global as well. It's not just in this country. So put, put it all together, and, and you've got crisis. It, it yeah. really is crisis. Uh, one thing we haven't mentioned, uh, you touched upon it, but, but it's, it's equally true. Because the, the, the channels are f- clogged with these people, and there are rules actually to, to see them, must be referred to see them within two weeks. Other patients are not being seen for other conditions like cancer. Right. And what, so what is that two week rule? Just to be clear, what is, what is that exactly? It's a directive that came, came from the government. Um, I think about two years ago, maybe a bit more whereby, because the, 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 the cases of, of, of um, fatal um, melanoma was increasing that, that, that they determined that anybody that is referred must be seen within two weeks. So anyone, now, ref- anyone referred for a- anyone referred to a dermatologist for 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 any reason, or, or specifically for suspected or possible m- melanoma, or what's yeah, the? Th- what's this the- is a dermatology focused um, uh, directive. Yeah, right. um, it doesn't apply to, to to as far as I know to other conditions. Right. Um, so but, so but is that is that I mean that strikes me as a tall order even at the best of times. <laughs> I mean that, that that anyone referred to any secondary service in the UK might get seen guaranteed within two weeks strikes me as slightly a bit of a tall order. So how how is what's the well, if, if, if the numbers if the numbers were manageable and the specialists were and there was enough specialists it, it should be fine it should be right. fine. The dermatology then exercises its own specialist knowledge to determine whether this is a, a critical case an acute case uh, in which case. It gets biopsied basically and goes for biopsy and histology, or um, it get, gets sent home um, with uh, a keep an eye on it sort of tag to it uh, and come back if you're, if you're still concerned. Uh, but yeah, if the numbers were, if, 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 if the demand was halved and the supply of dermatologists was doubled. It would it would be manageable, Steve. Right. So so you know we can't do anything about the dermatologists. dermatologists no, that's hard. It's hard to replicate people. Yeah, like but that. we can do something about the referrals. That makes the sense. Ones that, the, the ones that, that don't need to be there. Yeah, and I think it, I, I think it's a very clever way to start because at the end of the day, like you say, it's very difficult to create more dermatologists, and that's there's lots of different factors that go into creating dermatologists. That's mm. a very long. I mean, that goes right back to the choices that you make at A level, you know, for example, I mean, it's not not that's not something you can turn overnight. But if if GPs, because of various conditions are referring more people, then trying to help them refer less people in a safe way, which I think is where Maltest came at this problem, I I think really makes a huge amount of of a huge amount of sense. Um, And so let's let's move just while we're on the on on the topic so what is the background so i know that you hinted at it a little bit that that you or or the the company's been working on technology like this for a for a while 
And so, how, how, what, 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 when did it start? How did it? How did it start? Oh my God! <laughs> well, I, mean, I mean, you can go back as far as you like. It's up to you. Okay. Um, I think we're going back something like fifteen years, where a, a set of algorithms was was um, uh, developed or, or written, created, uh, I, and the, the idea that there was for cervical cancer. Mm-hmm. But that that particular that particular um, journey was abandoned uh, for a variety of uh, difficulties, and but we weren't involved at all. Uh, then the the professor that 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 created those those uh, algorithms then working uh, as a fellow at Dublin Institute of Technology approached us and said, "Look, these five algorithms are particularly sensitive to uh, to melanoma." In a variety of, of, of settings, I, you know, color, edge, contour, and, and so on, um, clarity, and so on, um, and you know, you could you could possibly uh, create an online service where people would upload their images and get a get a test result. Didn't work, and this is ten years ago. Didn't work for a variety of reasons, but the consistency of image. Was um, was one of them. So we abandoned that, and we decided to turn it into a professional medical device, not not for the public, not public facing, but for clinicians to use to optimize their pathways. Uh, it runs on a dedicated iPad, um, which means that it it, it it doesn't receive emails. It, it, it it's got no browser. It you is, can't get, you can't. There's no Instagram. No, no. <laughs> so um, that's all it does. It's controlled by us, by something called the MDM. Uh, obviously, Apple's very heavily involved and given us some functionalities that they don't offer other clients. Um, and it, it's been, I think we're on our 144th iteration in terms of refining this and refining that. Uh, the, the balance, the focus, the, the edge detection, and trying to remove the human element away from the test because the human element will have a, an impact on the quality of the focus, on, you know, is that, is that the edge? So if you, mm-hmm. if you actually get the, the, the technology to do that once it's looking at the image and it determines it, then it's consistent throughout. Right. Um, so all, all these refinements are taking place. So we're looking really at development stage of about eight years. Wow. So we are going to break for commercial. We're going to break for commercials now, but we're going to come back because what I'm really, really interested in is to try and understand, because that is quite some journey. Mm. Um, it's an extremely noble mission. And it sounds like you guys are, I mean, you're in three hospitals in your clinical trials. I know the results are really good, which we're going to come on to. You're looking for people to join your beta testing group as individuals. But I actually I'm interested in to try and understand a little bit more about that journey. And I think particularly when, you know, you see people like Google saying, oh, you know, you can just upload your skin image to Google and we'll diagnose it for you. I think what you just said there is and so we're in the as as you know, different area, but we're also heavily involved in the smartphone based image area. Uh And I think what you said there really hit the nail on the head, which is I think people have this belief that there's a consistency when someone is asked to take an image of something that it all is always the same and mm. it just fundamentally isn't. Yeah. And image quality, image quality is the biggest determinant of, of success of, of this type of thing. So I want to kind of come back around to that because obviously okay. I know that 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 uh, I think you made a very clever decision, which is to focus on the GP clinician level um, and as a professional tool as opposed to a, a personal tool. But anyway, 
We're going to break for commercials now. We'll be back in two minutes. Um, back with Joe Ferreira from Maltest. UK Health Radio. The station that makes you feel good. How good are vitamin C supplements? Usually only a small proportion of vitamin C actually reaches your cells and has a positive effect. Whereas the high absorption levels of Goldman Laboratories liposomal vitamin C help maintain optimal vitamin C levels in your body and strengthen your immune system. Now get 10% off when you choose Goldman Laboratories liposomal vitamin C capsules. Just quote 10 off at goldmanlaboratories.com. Do you suffer from pain? B-Cure Laser, a home-use CE-approved medical device for the effective treatment of pain, is now available in the UK. The results of a double-blind trial has shown that B-Cure Laser offers a significant reduction in pain compared to the placebo group. To get your special B-Cure offer now, call free on 0808 501 5122 or Google Radio Pro London. B-Cure Laser. B-Cure Laser. The station that makes you feel good. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to this week's Health Tech Hour with Joe Ferreira from Maltest, who are the developers of Nomella, which is an iPad-based uh, medical device currently being rolled out across the UK, um, starting with three hospitals that helps clinicians uh, rule out melanoma, which will help clear the huge backlog in dermatology services. So, Joe, just before the break, we were going over exactly your kind of developmental pathway for the for these algorithms. So I want to pick up on a couple of things that you said. So the first was that um, you made a decision at some point, which was to focus on what was was that the the quality of images that if you gave someone a device, a phone, uh, you know, and, and said, take a photo of this spot on your body and send it to us and we'll, our system will analyze it, our algorithms will analyze it. Your, you, the, the, your experience in the business was that, that the quality of image data just was not sufficient to build a robust um, medical device to analyze those off of. Could you right. explain right. a bit about that? Well, it, it, it just, it's just a fact. Um, you know, if, if you, if you, um, if you look at a, a photograph, it could look very good on an iPad. It, the same photograph could look very good on, on, on an iPhone or even an Android because they've got amazing cameras. But when you get into it, the actual data on that photograph is different. And it also differs with the, the application. In other words, the, the, not the application, the, the taking of it. So if it's not in focus or if it's not in good light, et cetera, et cetera the data in the photograph uh, changes. So the, the key point for us was to find a situation where we can, as you mentioned, have consistent images with consistent data so that we would have a robust test and a reliable one, which is where we are now with, with sensitivity in, uh, in Addenbrooke's in Cambridge and, and at about Quickstone. But, but that, that was the reason. It's also the reason, Steve, by the way, why uh, AI is going to take uh, quite some time to make an impact on, um, on, uh, on dermatology because of the consistency of images. I mean, you can, you can give it mach- machine learning, but if it's, if it's getting variable data, 
it, it's not going to yeah. Learn. yeah. So, so let's let's get into this because I was going to get into this anyway, and I think yeah. it's a really interesting area because, um, to the extent that listeners are aware, but but in the in the UK or well, globally, but particularly in the UK, you know, there's the the NHS has, has done a quite a good job, I, I would say, about trying to incorporate digital services, digital innovations mm-hmm. into it over the last ten to fifteen years. The creation of the digital accelerators, the National Innovation Accelerator, the Clinical Entrepreneurship Program, and most recently the launch of NHS X. And they have what one of their areas is focused on increasing use of AI in yeah. medical imaging diagnosis across the board, not just not, not just melanoma, but prostate cancer, cervical cancer, breast cancer. Mm-hmm. And so it's definitely something that is being is being looked at. And I think the the thing that, that the <coughs> difference, the difference, well, you might tell me this is wrong. The different one of the major differences between looking at using AI to analyze MRI scans versus photos that people take of stuff on their bodies is that MRI scans have a much, much, much higher consistency, right, of, of the image quality of, of what it is versus, and I think that's something that you just highlighted, right, which is that if I take a photo with my iPhone 4 versus my, my Samsung Galaxy Tab A, yeah. those two camera applications will have inbuilt processing that even of the same area, even if, this, if it's the, if you're taking a picture of the same thing, there'll be a huge differentiation. And if you're dealing with something, I don't know, maybe you could explain a bit around the intricacies of, of, of melanoma in terms of, you know, because you're not taking a photo of something consistent. A melanoma on one person might be very different to a melanoma on another. I don't know. I, I, I don't think it, it, it's about um, melanoma. I think it's about the data behind an image and as you say I mean you can use an Android you can use an iPad and they're both fantastic pictures the truth of the matter is that the data the underlying processing data there is different Um, and if you're if you're teaching it machine learning it uh, to detect certain conditions um, you're not giving it consistent um, uh, data to analyze and to learn from yeah I'm not a technician uh, and I'm certainly not an AI expert, but it, it is a fact that even the NHS and the other bodies, the accelerators that are involved in, 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 in the initiatives, uh, know that it's going to take a while. It's going to take a, a good while, but like, like several years, if not 10 years. Um, and that's all I know. Otherwise, it will sound like I'm knocking the competitive technology. They're artificial. We're, we're real, you know. So it's not yeah, and, and where is that boundary for you? Interestingly enough, because your your system is based on a set of algorithms, which one could argue is machine learning in the, in the sense of it. It is a set of you know mathematical algorithms yeah. that take a, an image as an input, run some analyses in some way, shape, or form, and then then make a diagnosis at the, 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 the end. Where on that spectrum between you know AI on one end and you know, I guess, analog human looking at a picture on the other. Where where do you pitch your sort of technology? <laughs> uh, you know, I think it, it comes back to. I mean, it's it's quite it's quite a, a a tricky question in the sense that it wasn't supposed to be. No, 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 <laughs> no, I know, I know, I know but uh, I, I don't, I don't want to to. Um, to waffle around the issue, but basically, uh, what AI is being uh, deployed to do, what what the resources are being uh, thrown at it, is all about assisting diagnosis of mm-hmm. either confirming um, 
uh, a condition. And that process, I'm actually pretty sure, is going to take some time because th there are a lot of uh, variables that need to be eliminated before that be speeded up. We, do, we don't sit in that, in, in, in that space at all. Well, all we do, we're doing is saying, look, these algorithms are very sensitive to melanoma. We can detect in that in some cases it's definitely not present. And, and we're right. coming back, we'll come back to sensitivity right. in a minute, I'm sure. Yeah, I think but, that's a good point. That, yeah, but, that's a good point. You're trying to achieve something slightly different. Yeah, we, we, we are. So really, I can't really answer bang on that, that question mm. because really we, it's apples and pears a little bit. Yeah, I think it's really interesting, actually, just to jump around slightly. But the what you're trying to do is very clear, which is to say, if you're a, and again, jump in and correct me if I've got this wrong. But if you're a clinician, a GP, use Namella to rule out something that is not melanoma so that you don't need to put that person through to referral. Right. Which is a different analysis as opposed to saying to saying, I've got an AI black box that can tell you exactly what your skin lesion is. is. Exactly. Of, of how, I mean, however many skin conditions are there, right? there could be a hell of a lot. I've got no idea. There's probably quite a lot of things that, that any given skin lesion could be, I guess. Yeah, but, but, but that's, that's the whole point. You see, at, at the moment, what we need to do is to manage the situation at, at the front door, at the GP. Yeah. Because the GP, for a variety of reasons that, that I mentioned earlier, risk aversion, uh, threat of litigation, lack of training. Um, I understand GPs have very, very light and um, 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 specialization in, in dermatology uh, in general. I mean, they are gypsies, you know, um, GPs of special interest that know a bit more, but, but that's not a, a global general thing. Um, so, you know, no wonder they just pass it on to, um, to, to, to specialist care. Well, that, there's also no cost to them in doing so either. And exactly. So there's, there's, you know, other other than their patient getting frustrated about the delay to get their things seen to. And then, you know, I know that they obviously care about patients and things like that. I didn't mean it to, to sound sort of harsh, but um, in a reality where they're seeing patients every seven minutes, every single day of the week, you mm. know, it, it, it becomes very, very hard um, to sort of not to not do that. And so let's jump into exactly how your technology works and the sensitivity issue that you that you talked about. So how would you explain to the listeners, both from the patient side, but I guess more from the clinician side, how does the Namella system work? What actually happens, you know, in broad brushstrokes? What's the experience? Right. In terms of how the technology is deployed, yeah, just talk us through, like, what would the experience be if someone went to their GP and this was right. there? And what would the GP's experience be of using okay. it? What, what we would like uh, to see happen, and you, you, you mentioned a key point then, uh, might come back to it, but perhaps not going into too much detail because it's murky. And that's the, uh, the economic flows within the NHS. I actually believe that the GP gets paid for referrals. So it's not mm. in their interest to reduce those referrals. Oh, I didn't know uh, that. Commercially. Uh, but but there are different forms of of, of commercial uh, uh, arrangements, including what happens in community services, i.e., the intermediate between the two, the, the primary and, and secondary. But uh, what we would like to happen is to see a situation where the the GP sees a lesion patient, if you like, uh, and uses his own discretion in his own training to see whether it's something that he's not sure about or whether something can easily identify, can be treated, or just needs to be kept an eye on. After that, what's, what's left 
after he's exercised his own his own discretion, he's, he's, he's made his own decisions, the ones that he's going to refer up, he should then use the mala to 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 reduce it very substantially. Obviously, it'll be still sort on a you know this is a triage uh, um, um, device, so keep an eye on it. If it changes color, if it bleeds, da da da, come back. But um, essentially, at that point, then you'd reduce the overwhelming of, of, of the pathway into secondary care. Okay. In secondary care as well, there, there, there are a number of cases that, um, that uh, we, we, not to the same extent, but we could still separate from, from their, the secondary care pathway that results in biopsies that are not necessary in holes, in chests, in arms, in legs, and so on and so, so forth, which are not necessary. So we can, we can do that, but to a less, lesser extent. From the patient's point of view, the test takes three minutes. Three That's minutes. It. Yeah. But it needs to be deployed, not at the front door at, at the GP surgery, because then that means that people with a wart or with psoriasis or, or, or other general non-critical conditions might be put into the needs to be referred category and right. the referrals go up, not down. It needs yeah. to, to be after the, the, the GP's done his job. Right. Yeah. So, so that's what needs to happen. So patient comes in, sees the GP, mm. they talk about it, GP exercises an issue of clinical judgment and then says, right, I'm going to use the Namella system. So they fire up the iPad, put their PIN code in or whatever they do. Yeah. And then, and then is it literally as simple as opening the app and taking a photo at a particular set distance in some way, shape or form of that particular legion. And then it, it, it takes three minutes for an answer to come back. Yeah, or like yeah. what, what? Yes. What? Yes. Uh, I'll describe it uh, briefly. Basically the, the, um, when, when we send the, the, the iPad out, which incidentally when, when it's commercialized will be free. Um, the, 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 the user is already in our uh, uh, device management system. Uh, so on, on, on logging in, they recognize that particular user. Uh, then the, the, the patient uh, will have a, um, a, a national health number or barcode. Uh, the, the, the device recognizes that and identifies the, the patient. Um, we then take an image of the, um, the, the lesion in question and that's very important because um, a lot of people have, have multiple uh, lesions, some, some, some of them very, very uh, clustered together. Um, and it's easy to make a mistake because, uh, it, you know, I'm sure it used to be described where it is, you know, upper arm, blah, 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 right, left. This would actually locate the, 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 uh, the lesion exactly on the part of the body. Right. You then need to focus on it, but it does so automatically. And there's a there's a focus monitor where where, where it'll tell you you got optimum optimum focus. You press the button, it's focused. You then need to find the edge. And again, if you bring the uh, the device close to the uh, to the lesion in question, it will at at some point define and find the the uh, the edge. And mark it with a with a green with a green light. So it's found, it's captured, it's locked. The test will follow within three four seconds. Wow. Okay. So, so all, all this will have taken all of this will have taken about three minutes. There is a report that can go into the EPR with the um, electronic patient record, uh, or it can go by email, or you can go straight into uh, EMIS or System One or something like that. 
uh, and it's semi-encrypted uh, one way only. So we, we have no access to, to the data. We don't know it's your lesion, Steve, right. or anybody else. We, we have a lesion with a number, right. but we have no detail about whose it is. The hospital, on the other hand, or the GP, does have that number and does have the personal data so they can then retrieve the image back if they need it for something else. Okay. And, um, I mean, it sounds very simple. Presumably the training on it is also very simple. Yeah. 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 Training manual, training video. Uh, it can it can be uh, deployed, should be deployed by a clinical nurse, really. It doesn't need the GP uh, to be involved. So, you know, after your seven-minute consultation, uh, they'd go into a separate room and spend another three minutes uh, and have the normal test. Okay. And... If so, so if someone's the result is that it's not a melanoma, then they don't need to be referred for. Correct. For, for, but if it does, and so the opposite result would be to say we can't rule out that this is a melanoma. Ergo, precisely that. The, the key wording is no evidence of, and those people are told are, are reassured, but keep an eye on it, etc. But they, they can go home, uh, and the other half uh, will will be determined. Uh, melanoma not excluded. What that means specifically is that however many were given that uh, not excluded result, it doesn't mean it's melanoma. Mm. In fact, very few of them, very, very, very few of them will be melanoma, but the melanomas will still be in that basket. Yes. Yeah. So let's, um, we're about to break for the commercials, Mm. for another set of commercials, but after, after we come back, let's get into what the results are that you're seeing and what the feedback is from both clinicians and from patients. Cause I'm kind of interested to see what, you know, first of all, how successful is it? I, we talked about it before you and I on the production call, obviously sensitivity is very high, which is great. Um, I think we should share that with the listeners. And I also want to, to just understand a little bit about what the reaction has been. Cause I know that you have deployed in three, three hospitals, Addenbrooke, Portsmouth and um, Edinburgh, right? right. The third one, right. which is obviously three outstanding hospitals. So, um, we will be right back after some commercials with Joe Ferreira from Moltest for the final part of the show. UK Health Radio, the station that makes you feel good. Galar Light is the quantum energy emitted from the universe from the sun and stars. Now, Tom Palladino, a humanitarian and scalar light researcher, has created the world's only scalar light healing system, a system that can bring long-distance healing and wellness to humans, pets, and plants via a photograph. Get your free 15-day trial now at scalarlight.com or click on the Scalar Light banner on the UK Health Radio website. Shields like masks are top of mind right now. But did you know you have inner armor working constantly to protect you from pathogens? It keeps you healthy and thriving. It's your immune system. Ion Gut triggers the body's natural ability to support gut strength all year long, so your immune system can protect you when you need it the most. How are you treating your inner armor? Visit uk.ionbiome.com to learn more. Ion Gut. Protect what protects you. UK Health Radio, the station that makes you feel good. good, good, good. 
Welcome back to the final part of this week's Health Tech Hour with Joe Ferreira from Moldtest, who have produced Nomella, which is an iPad-based system to um, rule out melanoma and help clear the dermatologist backlog, the huge, um, the huge backlog that we currently have in the UK in terms of getting dermatology referrals. So, Joe, um, before we were, before we went for our quick break, um, we were going to talk about first of all exactly how Namella does all of the amazing stuff that it does. Just I'd like to understand a little bit about technical stuff, but then then let's use that to talk about the results that you're seeing on the ground because I know that again you're deployed in three hospitals and you're looking to grow your beta testing. So, you know, at a a level without wishing to you know explaining you know all the mathematical symbols and the algorithms but roughly speaking what does it look for and how does it do what it does and what are the results that you've been that you've been seeing okay um in terms of how 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 it does what it does it, it i've explained before it's got five dedicated um, um uh, proprietary um algorithms which is basically our intellectual property uh, wholly owned, not licensed in any way, shape or form. And, and those algorithms are particularly sensitive to various aspects of melanoma. And basically, if, it, if, if the image result sits anywhere outside the range of any of those five parameters, it's not melanoma. Right. And so okay. That, that's, okay. that's the technology on the algorithm side. That makes sense. So, and there are things like I think you mentioned before, color, outline okay. um what was clarity edge, edge, edge layer, yeah. yeah yeah okay so um, okay um basically then what we needed to do is to in a clinical situation um demonstrate its ability to differentiate between uh, finding no evidence and 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 not excluding it mm-hmm. so the first clinical trial which we um designated c4 um, was um conducted in lanarkshire um, um, NHS Scotland, 1,200 patients uh, referred from uh, primary to secondary care. Uh, and that was obviously um, uh, the trial took place at the hospital. And we, I think we collected uh, 800, melanoma, uh, not, 800 lesions, not melanomas. Uh, I think melanomas was only 20, 20 22 or something like that. Yeah, because their incidence is very, it's not. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And even even in a referral pathway, uh, you know that that's still uh, pretty high um, because in terms of population, it's point one percent, point two percent, something like that. It it is rare, but it is a killer. So yeah. anyway, so we need to demonstrate that, and the results, which were then um, analysed and audited, and then published by uh, Aberdeen University. Uh, so a statistical document which is two inches thick. And then that was peer reviewed in a BAD poster in their conference last year. Now, by the way, for all your listeners, that BAD poster looks lovely and it is available on the website. I did it look is. at that. It I is. looked at that. I thought it was excellent. Thank you, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, carry on. That was fine. Um, and basically, the figure that that that's, that's been verified there is fifty three percent. So three fifty three percent to be clear is the number that the tests would identify as no evidence, no evidence uh, of melanoma. So it's quite a high proportion. Let's call it around half, because okay. it'll probably probably vary a little bit from, from pathway to pathway. But it's around that, that figure. What the clinicians then were saying to us is, that's good, that's good. that will address the, the, uh, the congested pathways, but how many false negatives will you have? Which is a very... 
legitimate question because if we're um, giving wrong decisions uh, for something as, as as dangerous as melanoma, it's very very serious so, indeed. Very serious. So just to, just to back it up a second, what you're basically saying in your first trial, it came out and it said fifty um, percent of you 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 said there's no evidence for melanoma in fifty percent. When when you said there was no evidence for melanoma, you were correct in half the cases. Is that right, or have I missed that? Have I got that wrong? No, 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 no. In, no, in half the cases, you correctly identified there being no melanoma. Yes, that's correct. Right. Okay. So okay, cool. Okay, good. So basically, theoretically, that would mean that you half the you know referral pathway could be stripped out, which obviously yeah, would be yeah. huge numbers. But, However, but but, yeah. but the situation there, and as you quite quite rightly corrected yourself there. It correctly identified the 22 actual melanomas, but then, then later biopsied and installed, and they were confirmed melanomas, were yeah. correctly identified and they were put into the right pot, okay, mm-hmm. which is the not excluded bit. However, from a statistical point of view, 22 melanoma is not a, 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 a big enough sample yeah. to, to give doctors, hospitals, trusts, um, etc. Uh, enough reassurance to spend yeah. money on adopting it. So the three trials that, that, that we're undertaking at the moment, it started last year at Addenbrooke's, then interrupted by COVID, then resumed yeah. and so on and so forth, uh, is precisely to prove um, sensitivity of 95%, give or take 2% either way. So that means in 95, just to understand, you're saying you're trying to get to a point where in nine, 95%, of cases where it should not be excluded because there could be a melanoma, you determine that correctly. Is that what in ninety-five percent cases? If we can get ninety-seven, even better. If we can get ninety-three, it's fine. Okay. Incidentally, this is way, way above the level of accuracy of of, of a trained specialist. This wow. is measured against actual histology, the, right. the actual clinical result, not not what a doctor would would do. What's what's what what's the generally accepted about seventy five percent? But seventy five percent. So okay. we're still talking about doctors sending home possibly a quarter of people that do have melanoma, right? And, okay, and have to come back and then maybe not treated in time and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, et yeah. So yeah. what what where we've placed this particular clinical trial is not in a general pathway coming from primary care to secondary care. So your normal referral pathway where we've placed it is at the acute angle which is basically it gets to the specialist it gets to secondary care the doctor then exercises their their discretion again thinks these are not serious just keep an eye keep coming back if you need to but these these 10 here i don't like they need to come out okay okay and that's where we're running this this sensitivity test this this you know false negative Right. Evidence, clinical evidence, uh, because all these people will be biopsied and there will be histology for all of them. And we can then compare whether we gave the right test results. Yeah, because actually, if you think about it, you need to know in order. Yeah, it's a tricky one. I can see because obviously we're a medical device developer as well. It's just it's interesting to compare totally different area. But you, you need those biopsies to happen in order for you to be able to calculate the accuracy of your system yeah, in a yeah. sense, because yeah, yeah. is it, is it the case? Cause I know that we, we've had some people on the show before that have been using, let's call it AI. They call it AI mm-hmm. um, for the, the using MRI scans of prostate cancer yeah. to yeah. better diagnose prostate cancer. There are millions of images 
previous MRI scans that they can get access to. Hundreds of thousands certainly held in, um, you know, data vaults within the NHS. So that they, they they have they have and and each one is obviously labelled with what then subsequently happened to that person. Yeah. However, is it a bit different with you guys because those images of those of those lesions first of all don't exist in the first place because they weren't necessarily taken, and unless it comes out and is biopsied, you may not necessarily know. So is it sort of you actually are trying to create this trial pathway for yourselves in a way, whereas mm-hmm. other people in the imaging space have. I've just got access to these images because they were already taken because they were already imaged. Yeah, you're, you're, you're back to the consistency of, 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 of images again. So the safest way to, to make sure that we can give reassurance to people who eventually, providers, health providers who eventually adopt us, is to say, look, all our tests were compared with histology, with actual yes. clinical results. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, yeah. undisputable it yeah. was or it wasn't. Uh, and we need to gather 200 melanoma to do that, okay. to create a, 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 a representative sample, statistical sample. Mm-hmm. And we're about halfway through. Um, cool. um, but we've already had over 2,000 uh, lesions because melanoma still, even at that acute stage of the pathway, is still rare. Yeah, but, thankfully. Yeah, but you know we're 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 getting our sensitivity figure from an area where really is not the ideal setting to deploy the the the, the, the technology. Nomella should be deployed at the front door at the GP practice mm-hmm. to avoid unnecessary referrals. That is the key objective and the key um, USP of 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 of, of Nomella. Uh, yeah. It's an optimizing its its clinical efficiency, not not diagnosis. And if you um, on on the topic of kind of feedback or or I don't know, reaction from clinicians in hospitals, from oncologists, from dermatologists, from GPs, what's the general spread of people's views and reactions about what you've built and or what you're developing and trying to sort of scale out? Clinicians love it. They love it, but you know, you, 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 you then you encounter the, the real life, which is basically some attitudinal resistances, some pushbacks. Uh, you know, um, trying to get people to to change their habits and, and to do something they weren't used to doing before. Um, there, there are the money flows, which we talked about earlier on. Um, it may not be in their interest to actually pay for the mallet. Uh, certainly with, with the, the GPs, that in a, is an issue because they would have to pay for it. And in, if we reduce referrals, and, and I need to be careful about this, but <laughs> I, 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 believe, I believe that, that there is a, a vested interest in commercial vested interest in, in referrals. So if we're offering them something they need to pay for, which will reduce their income, it's very tricky, but that is where it should be deployed, uh, and therefore it probably needs the the the, the, um, the, the clinical uh, groups uh, interventions higher up. Yeah, the commit. It sounds like it's a commissioning play yeah, at some yeah. point because it's those guys are being managed, presumably on waiting lists. That they're the ones being managed on yeah. delivering on the two week referral thing. You know, I, I'm, I'm guessing. I don't. You know, I don't know. And I, I also know that there's, a, as we talked about, there's a huge 
drive to increase the amount of, of, of you know, machine computer based analysis for certain conditions. Obviously, oncology cancer is yeah, so. So we need to penetrate those 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 uh, um, those groups, those commissioning groups. Yeah, it's it's not, it's not just the, the groups. It's um, it's the the inelasticity of of them not being agile enough to move in a different way. All, all right, well, the, the, the you know the, the, the money flows are, are like that, but in order for us to be able to afford you or pay for you they need to happen in a different way that isn't going to happen um, yeah. uh, overnight so th- there is attitudinal resistance there is, is commercial there, resistance is there, is there resistance at all about the conceptual uh, other than your clinical results oh. but conceptually oh. about what you're doing everyone's like this is awesome i assume yeah, absolutely uh, it's they, they love it they, they love the idea Right. But it's it's all very well loving it, but we need, <laughs> we need people to pay for it. <laughs> yeah, that's the well, that's the rub, right? That's the rub with the with the, the NHS, the, certainly. The the interesting thing, though, I find, and and um, you know, we've been so busy with clinical issues, with gathering evidence issues, setting up beta trials, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, that we haven't had the time to to explore more deeply. But I will do so, and that is that if you go outside the the the, the NHS, which is a bit of a nightmare, as everybody knows. Um, you've got the health insurers. Uh, if you go outside the UK, yeah, ma- ma- brave world out there. Yeah, the majority of, of countries are run on the same insurance-based model, uh, mm-hmm. not not entirely, but but substantially. And there, the, the journey could be quite a lot easier for us because, you know, simplistically, you could have a situation where. Um, an insurer refuses to pay for a referral if the technology wasn't used. They, they... Yeah, right. Like, why would they? Exactly. Yeah. That makes total sense. Like, it's like you have to you have, you have to do the cheap option, so to speak, before you you get to like reimburse the person going through the referral system. Yeah, like they could enforce not? it. They could enforce it. Yeah. Yeah, they really could. That yeah. makes a lot of sense. Hmm. So that's definitely an avenue that we will explore. Okay, and so um, other than the clinical trials, obviously, which are ongoing, and what is there anything else over the next twelve months, or what is the big focus other than the clinical trials piece? What's the the big focus over the next twelve months for Namella and and, mold test and the Namella system? Okay, okay, and if any of your your listeners uh, can can help or have the connections to 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 um, facilitate uh, or put us in touch with people that that can, then that would be appreciated. Um, essentially, one of the other things that clinicians want, uh, other than uh, clinical evidence, because the name of the game is is, is client protection, and 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 not um, not losing patients if at all possible. So clinical evidence is key, but the other thing that is key is is um, um, use in a real world clinical set, uh, setting. So yeah. it, it's it's very good bringing something out of out of the lab, if you like. And say, look, it works. Take it. Yeah, yeah, yeah but where has it been used? Yeah, like a, yeah, you mean a, you mean a GP or a, a, you mean a primary care based? It could be a primary um, care. It could yeah. be intermediary. It could be intermediary right. easily. Um, but we'd like to run those 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 beta tests. We will pay for them, right? Um, and we will run health economics alongside it. So basically, compare what happens to the money flows if you use it. Uh, and and affected the clinical decision, or if you didn't, if you did like before and just relied on what your clinician decided. 
and, and therefore come up with with um, with uh, commercial evidence as well. Okay. Yeah. Well, on that, so anyone who wants to get in touch with Joe at Numella, they can obviously contact me at the show, which is the at Health Tech Hour address on Twitter or or Instagram. But they can also go to is it Numella.com or Maltest.com? Yes, that's correct. Numella.com. So N O M E L A. If they go to Maltest, it'll link them up to Maltest.com. So any any clinicians out there, GPs, anyone in this space who's interested in. In, in, in trialing the system in a real world you know that, that that wants to get in touch with the beta testing i think you should you get in touch with me get in touch with the show get in touch with joe um look it, it seems like a great system um and it, it, it i the reason why i love doing the show is to find people that have come up with simple solutions to quite complicated or seemingly yeah. complicated yeah. problems right how do you solve the waiting list crisis in dermatology it's like well actually your solutions are very elegant nat- like very elegant clean solution to to it I, I i think it's i think it's fantastic so hopefully you can finish the clinical data um and then we can go from there but quickly we've got two more minutes left on the show so if you had to pick one lesson that you've that that, that, that you've learned through your journey with Maltest and the mella just before we go to close the show with what would that lesson be for the <laughs> listeners oh which one do i pick um um, with 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 um, with the technology with 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 software development because basically we rely on that um, finding the solution to to a, to to an an, an issue uh, or a problem if you like to or getting the, the technology to do something a little bit better is not a panacea. What will happen is it'll bring up another issue which you can also refine which in turn will bring up another issue and until you've actually eliminated all those elements of uh, potential refinement you're not there so never be surprised that <laughs> you <laughs> never think give you've up. solved it yeah yeah stay on your mission never give up yeah. but don't be surprised if there's always another problem joe ferreira from Moltest, makers of namella thank you so much for coming on the show and explaining about the world of dermatology it's been a real pleasure to have you thank you to everyone for listening and yeah, we'll be back again next week. So thank you, thank you very me. much. Thank you for having me. I ain't got too much time to spare. But I'm in time for you to show how much I care. Wish that I would let you break my